Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me again on the line this week is my colleague James O'Brien. James, as you'll know, is the Yorkshire Post Rugby League writer and he's currently in the thick of our World Cup coverage. And we'll start today, James, I think, with a bit of team news for the England side to play Papua New Guinea at Wigan on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, well, Sean Wayne showed his hand uh, in terms of the wingers. He's going with Dom Young, uh, Tommy Makin, so there's no real surprise there, despite Ryan Hall scoring four tries. He was always likely to revert to the wingers he picked for the first game against Samoa. He's obviously rotated quite heavily, Sean Wayne, in the, in the last couple of games. Uh, just to give everyone a game and manage workloads, really. But it's disappointing for Ryan Hall, who's, who never lets England down. He's always... He always turns up in the big games as well, or or he did, or has done in the past when he's played Australia or New Zealand. So yeah, disappointing from a Yorkshire perspective as well. <laughs> Although yeah. Dom Young obviously does have roots in in Wakefield, um, and obviously Huddersfield where he where he came through. But yeah, the, I think I think it's probably the right call, um, but a very tough call, and um, he, he, <clears throat> he's not uh, showed his hand. In, in terms of the half, the halfbacks Max needs in there, as well as Jack Wellsby and George Williams, um, and again I think it is it's a tough decision, but it's quite straightforward at the same time. I think he'll just revert to the halves he went with against Samoa, so that'll be Wellsby and Williams again. But I think I mentioned last week they've not played together since since that first game, so it'd be interesting to see if they can pick up where I left off, which. It's like three weeks ago now, isn't it? So, be interesting that one. Well, it's, um, you say there three weeks. The tournament's certainly flying past, isn't it? It's uh, one of those that seemed to take ages to arrive, and now that we're going, we're already down to the last eight. Um, uh-huh. Pretty much, I would say, gone to farm overall. I believe you know. I think that the teams you'd expect to be there are, um, but that's not to take away from the fact that it's been a good tournament so far. Um, been a few blowouts as you'd expect but I think most tournaments have that don't they because there's always different levels within competition it's it's not like football where you can draw from every nation on the planet so you're going to have developing nations and the more established ones aren't you? Yeah uh, it has gone to script pretty much I think I don't think there's any surprises you, you could argue Ireland potentially being in the quarters instead of Lebanon but, but Lebanon have been been really good they deserve to be in there they beat Ireland fair and square um, and then they've looked good along the way as well they pushed New Zealand quite close in the first game as well so no arguments with that and I think that's the only one where you could say there's half a surprise but the rest of them um, if, you, if you could have had your wall chart up and mapped out who's going to be in the quarterfinals you'd, you'd have at least seven of the eight in there so no surprise and I think most people would expect England to play Tonga next week, Australia to play New Zealand. But um, we'll see, there might be one surprise. I don't know where it'll come. Maybe Tonga Small looks the closest game on paper. And England will have the runway against Papua New Guinea, who are a, a real physical outfit. Um, they'll bash you all day. Uh, so they're going to have to really front up in that game. And it's got potential to be quite a close game for a while, I think. Um, but I think England's class will tell in the end. And same with same with the other the other games, Australia against Lebanon. I think Lebanon will throw a lot at, at Australia. They've they've been quite adventurous so far in the tournament. 
reminds me a bit of because it's at Huddersfield. It reminds me a bit of Salford going there in the playoffs because they are they are playing a bit like Salford at the moment. That adventurous style. Um, it will work for so long, I think, tomorrow. Um, but I, it's, well, it's a bit like the last time there was a World Cup game. There, it was, it was Wales against Australia. And Wales pushed Australia for for about an hour that night, which no, nobody expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, the class told and the class will tell tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, even an hour. Australia will stick. Well, they'll win eventually. Lebanon might stick in there for a while, but they'll be overwhelmed in the end. I think that's the thing now, isn't it? That the the far minos, for want of a better word, um, maybe you wouldn't say Tonga Samoa minos, but they've nothing to lose, have they? So they're, they're pretty much they're playing in their finals, as it were. So. They're going to give it a good go. I was only thinking as you were speaking, you know, the, obviously Papua New Guinea will pose a real physical test for England and, you know, that'll be good sort of conditioning for the semi and hopefully the final. But it probably will take a lot out of them and you'd imagine Tonga and Samoa will uh, go seven bells out of each other as well. Um, again, probably Samoa, the underdog, nothing to lose, but, you know, Tonga reputation on the line as well. And and again, Fiji, you know, uncompromising side and and sure to take the game to New Zealand and try and entertain and, and leave their mark on the tournament. Uh, and ditto Lebanon, you know, a team who seem to be developing very quickly, don't they? And uh, obviously, I think Australia will be far too strong for them. But again, capable of scoring tries and capable of causing the Aussies problems. Um, so I don't think any of the favourites will have it all their own way. One thing, one thing in England's favour is they've had a longer turnaround on the PNG play Monday night. Yeah. In summer conditions at Doncaster, which that's got to take its toll in, on the legs as much as anything in those conditions. Um, but yeah, they'll be up for it. PNG will get through on um, adrenaline alone, I'm sure. Um, but you, you do raise a good point about the the toll of these games, England have managed to workload. Um, Australia, New Zealand, same. Um, Tonga, they got Jason Tamalolo back at the weekend. He was unbelievable. So he, he's basically just starting the tournament. He's fresh and, and ready to go. It'll be interesting to see once we get to the semis who's in who's in the best shape. Because yeah. I think Tonga have, because they started the tournament late and then they had to catch up so everyone finished around the same time. They squeezed quite a lot of games into a short period of time. Well, three so far for this weekend. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get them when they're a bit weary next week. Yeah, I think it'd be uh, it's going to be a strong test for them, and you know, hopefully England can get the job done and, and maybe get some of the key players uh, rested in spells as well during the game. Just looking at England for a minute, James. How do you think Sean Wayne's done? Because obviously, in terms of actual on the field time, he. He didn't get very much at all with uh, COVID and the Australian tour being cancelled and it, everything seemed to be against him. But I've certainly been impressed by England and he's certainly d- done his research on the squad and the guys he's brought in from Australia, hasn't he? He's, they seem to have knitted together very quickly. And uh, as you'd expect from Sean, you're obviously top-class coach, but you know he's obviously had to do a lot of work away from the training field uh, to get them to this point as well. Well, when he was a Wigan coach, a lot of people had him down as a boring coach and he'd do anything to win by any means necessary, which which didn't always mean attractive rugby. Well, more often than not, it didn't mean attractive rugby, but he got yeah. 
he got them over the line in a, in a lot of grand finals, didn't he? And he did, he did know how to win those big games. What you've seen with England is they're playing a bit more expansive than his Wigan team did back, back in the day, uh, which is great to see. And I think we mentioned before in, in previous weeks that they've got more strike on the edges as well with the, the likes of Dom Young. Um, centre has is, is been a problem position for England in the past. They've got, now got Callum Watkins, who's, who looks as good as ever. He's back this week after missing out through concussion last week. Herbie Farmworth as well. So there's a lot of threats out there, which I think that's the main point of difference with this England team. And like I said, they, they are happy to, to move the ball as well. They did that against a good side in Samoa in the first game, albeit an underdone side. And they'll look good doing it as well. Uh, a bit easier to do that against the likes of France and Greece. Whether they can do it with a tie, the lack of time and space they'll have against the better sides remains to be seen. But it's, it's been positive so far. I think his team selection as well, every time he names a team, everyone's thinking, well, that's not the right team. But but they're winning and they're getting the results. Yeah. Same again. I'm not, I don't know where Luke Thompson is. There was no mention of an injury. I thought he went really well in, in Bolton the last time he played against France. I think probably the best prop on, on display that day and he's not played played since which suggests that he's not fully fit but um, the, the, the assumption last week was he was rested and there was no mention of an injury this week so we'll have to wait and see after the game to see whether he's carrying something and then Mikhailai Oletsky as well who a lot of people would have Thompson and Oletsky in ahead of like the likes of Chris Hill and Mike Cooper but Showman sees it a different way. It's very much about detail and, and proper stuff that we we don't notice in games that he's he's very big on, and they're obviously doing doing the right thing and doing what he he wants them to do. It's in, I know rugby league fans always like to have a good row, don't they? And I know myself and Peter uh, Smith, our colleague from the Evening Post, have spoke about Sean in the past and when he was the coach of Wigan. But the conclusion we always came to was that. Although fans complain about him, everybody would want him probably to coach our team um, because he's, yeah. he's successful and, as you say, great attention to detail. He's played at the top level both as a player and had success as a coach. And I think it, you know, he's, he's managed the team well. And I know Ryan Hall in particular, as you mentioned earlier, be very disappointed to be left out. But it, it, it in a way, shows the, the reflection on the strength of the squad and the team, you know, that. You know, Joe Batchelor, another one who, another wakey lad, in fact, had been left out. Uh, grand final winner of St. Helens. Um, and as you say, Oledsky, uh, the cornerstone of the Leeds pack, really, and probably will be for years to come. And Luke Thompson. So when those kind of guys can't even get into the, into the match day squad, it probably says something about it. And I think as well, as you say, there's, all, there's always a couple of players in there, like your Chris Hills, We've got a bit of a backstory, <clears throat> excuse me, who probably weren't expected to play, but they get picked sometimes against, you know, ahead of other people who you would think were a far more obvious choice in inverted commas, don't they? And uh, that's, that's what makes it interesting. And as long as they keep winning games, then I don't suppose anybody can complain. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all shaping up nicely, I think, now for England. And as long as we can keep our key players fit, which is always a big if in rugby league, isn't it? But uh, then I think we've a great chance. Absolutely. And just um, looking across to the England women for a minute, James, uh, they got their tournament underway on Tuesday. Again, 
not an expected victory over Brazil, but you know, Brazil put up a good fight and they scored a try, which which they celebrated like they'd won the cup, didn't they? And uh, obviously never going to really I think it was only their second or third game ever, which to be fair to them in the in the bits that I saw, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that. They they were very naive in defence, obviously, but you know, overall they were spirited, they scored a try. Uh, and again, it it just helps to spread the gospel, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's great to see these teams involved. There's obviously Greece and um, Jamaica as well in the, the men's tournament. Um, this is the only way you're going to grow the game. Into if if you have these teams involved, I know fan, or pundits are already already talking about <laughs> knocking it back down to like eight, twelve teams. But you're not going to grow the game unless these countries are exposed to to the to the highest level. So yeah, and onto the women, I was at York for the, the double header, Australia and New Zealand. See how they responded to England's, in fact, emphatic win over Brazil. And the, yeah, they didn't disappoint. They were they just so so athletic. That's the thing I noticed. They're so so fast, uh, quick on the feet, and that's going to be the challenge for England if they can if they can match up to that because that professionalism, I guess, because they are most of them are full time professionals in the NRL. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge, and it's it's obviously in the northern hemisphere there isn't the money that they have down, down under, and uh, it's, it's one thing saying well women should be played, but it's it's where does the money come from? You know, it would it would be great that they were, and it would, it would be great that the the smaller countries could maybe play tournaments against each other to to build themselves up, so that when they come round to World Cups and so on, they are better prepared. But with the number of players and the, and the lack of finances. It's difficult to see how else you can do it, really, isn't it? You know, you can only work with what you've got, and you know maybe some of our better players will be, t- you know, women in particular, be taken down to Australia. You know, eventually, like the men have been in the past, you know, the best players, and be exposed to the the game down there a bit more, and and then bring those uh, standards and levels back back home to England. Um, but it's hard, uh, you know, they've done a brilliant job the way that the game's evolved just in the last few years, you know, in England or the British Isles, you know, it's it's been great to see. Um, but it's it's difficult when, if there's not a big player pool, isn't it? You know, the, the best players obviously migrate to the best teams and they kind of dominate then. Um, but, but hopefully, you know, say, it's got, going to take time, but... You know, more play as more girls get involved and more start playing at a younger age and taught from a younger age, and then you feel that that will, you know, even if we have to wait ten years until the the generation inspired by the World Cup come through, it it can only be good in the long run. Yeah, you just have to see how far the the games come since the last World Cup down under uh, five years ago, and then the next one's three years away. Also, to say that the likes of Leeds, St Helens, other clubs will be full-time professional by then and then then you can have a real crack at you Australia, New Zealand and yeah it's an exciting prospect in it for the for the women's game and I must say as well of course that Leeds have said this week haven't they that they will make payments to their female players uh, for playing and, and reward them if they are successful on the field in terms of winning trophies and so on so that's that's one step the right way but again Leeds are one of the richer clubs and, uh, you know, it's good to see. Um, but, you know, some of the other teams haven't got that same finance. But I'm sure, you know, like the Lionesses have done in football, 
<clears throat> that success will breed success and encourage more people to get involved and, and widen that player pool. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? And then uh, that will make all teams more competitive in the longer term. And Engl England obviously playing Canada on Saturday, the women as well, uh, ahead of the England game. And uh, the RL's patron, the, the Princess of Wales, will be there for her first games of rugby league. So let's hope we put on a good show for her. But also that again will attract some publicity and interest maybe from people who follow the Royals but maybe don't follow rugby, shall we say. Yeah, definitely. Can only raise a profile of sport guy with the Royal being in attendance. Yeah. Might even try to get a selfie while I'm there. Um, <laughs> see where she is. She'll be in my stand somewhere, I'm sure, but she might have an entourage around her, so I might not be able to get that close. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worth a try. Okay then, James. Well, thanks very much for your time this week. I think we'll uh, we'll call it a draw there and wish England in particular all the best on Saturday, both teams, and obviously the wheelchair team too. That tournament's going on alongside the men and women's. And uh, as I say, hopefully when we return next week, England will be a step closer to the final. And uh, just like to thank you all for listening. Thank James for his comments and insight. And as we say each week, you can get the very latest rugby league news and this and other podcasts at yorkshirepost.co.uk and yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk and the two respective Twitter feeds at YP Sport and at YEP Sport and James's own Twitter account which I'm hoping is James OB at YP That sounds about right, yeah and James will have the very latest uh, from the England camp and from across the tournament and rugby league in general Thanks again for listening and we'll hopefully be back soon